The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best. Welcome back to Rank. Ranking Factors Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this month we're going to take a deep dive into the weeds to examine the technical, content, and external ranking factors that impact your visibility. Joining us today are two of Search Metrics' best and brightest SEOs. Jordan Cooney is a world-renowned SEO strategist and the CEO of Search Metrics Inc. And Sebastian Edgar is Search Metrics' enterprise SEO consulting team lead and one of our most savvy technical SEOs. And today, Jordan and Sebastian are going to walk us through some of the optimization tactics related to technical ranking factors. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked-to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Searchmetrics' own Jordan Cooney and Sebastian Edgar. Jordan and Sebastian, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Great. Happy to be back. Ready to dive into the second half of this technical ranking factors topic. Ben, yeah, great to be back. Let's uh, let's get this started on uh, number two. All right. So yesterday we talked about some of the priority technical ranking factors. For anybody that missed it, it goes speed, crawlability, and mobile, which was something that I didn't actually expect. I thought crawlability would be the most important ranking factor, but it turns out getting your site to be performant is the thing that matters most to Google. When we also dove into talking about some of the data that you can look at to understand and evaluate how you're performing on those ranking factors, which are looking at your server data, understanding when crawl errors are happening, and being on top of whether your site is performant and monitoring your site speed. And today I want to turn the conversation to focus more on how do you fix some of the problems when they happen? So let's start off by talking a little bit about you know, we aren't all working with brand new websites. Most SEOs are coming and working on a site that's been around for a while if it's an enterprise site. 
How do you start to think about optimizing your site when you already have an existing platform and some technical debt? Jordan, talk to me about how you think of managing technical debt. Well, um, it's never fun. This isn't the, the sexiest part of being an SEO or really managing an engineering and a product team. Technical debt is a challenging part for any business. And ultimately, when you're looking at it from a very ranking factors lens, there are very specific aspects of technical debt that you want to prioritize. The first one being, and most often being relevant to Google's ability to consume the content that you have on your site. So are there certain, uh, say, JavaScript frameworks that are being utilized on the site that are preventing Google from accessing or indexing content fast enough? Are there the technical bloat that exists on the site that's just preventing the performance of your a website? And ultimately, it's kind of like doing a code review and having a structure, especially for a lot of these legacy sites and sites that have been around for a long time, it's about doing these code reviews with your product and engineering team to ensure that the hygiene of your site is at the best possible level and enforcing that hygiene, right? It's kind of like cleaning the garage in the spring. So the thing that occurs to me is there's two different problems here. One, when you're taking over a site and you have to review the code and understand what is causing the performance issue. And second, when you're working with lots of people touching the code base, how do you stop them from creating sort of additional clutter? Yeah, so that 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 is a, the tricky pendulum swing that occurs here, right? And the reality is that for any existing, especially enterprise site that's been around for a long time and has its own code stack, it is not going to be that simple of an answer. It requires you to maintain a rigor around or a discipline around monitoring your technical debt. And so setting a cadence for, say, a monthly code review, um, having some sort of a a scrum session or brainstorming session with your tech teams to identify this debt and cleaning it up is it's a process as much as it is a practice that you need to implement. And I think, you know, one of the great things is Sebastian's worked on many projects around this and, and, and he can he can share a little bit about how we've gone about that process. So Sebastian, what pops into my head here is uh, getting your car washed, right? Sometimes you have to do a full detail and you're really, you know, getting down and dirty and scrubbing the rims and tires and in between the seats. And every once in a while, you're running it through the car wash. How do you think about, you know, first starting off and cleaning the whole car? And then what do you do to make sure that it stays clean? You know me too well with that metaphor. Um, but are you a car guy? I had no idea. <laughs> uh, occasionally, you know, maybe if we're talking about BMWs, maybe. He's a car uh, geek. Oh, geez. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so on that on that metaphor, actually, very closely uh, is very close to what we have to do in technical and and really honestly, the first the first piece is something that not a lot of people talk about, but it's making sure that everyone is aligned and everyone is understanding why we're doing this because when you're bringing in external folks such as developers, they're always going to ask, okay, well, why do we have to do that? Why do I have to do that? You know, it's I have a few clients, uh, and actually a, a lot of my clients, they're exactly what you're describing, Ben. These, these older websites that, that, you know, that has been, that have been online, you know, for more than 10, 20 years and whatnot. And, and they've, they've gained this sort of kind of technical debt over time. And right now, for example, someone like myself and, and people on my team come in and, and we tell them, it's like, okay, guys, well, 
we got to slash this, we got to slash that, we got to get rid of this and that. Got to put the rubber gloves on, you hear the snap and you get dirty. <laughs> yeah, change the oil and whatnot. That's, that's exactly right. And they're, you know, and really the first thing that always comes up, no joke, is, you know, Sebastian and team, why, why do we need to do this? So there's always this, you know, this first aspect of kind of almost evangelizing on SEO, making, making sure the developer sits and translating SEO into developer speak and then potential output estimates on, you know, do, you know, why, why you want to do this. So something, for example, like, like technical, one thing I like to use kind of like one, and not metaphor, maybe like analogy or just piece of understanding similar to what I mentioned on the last episode. But as we're fixing the website to make it newer, you know, Google is moving to this mobile first indexing. Okay, well, it's like, why do we want to make it fast? Because now more and more people are using a mobile device. Therefore, the internet is going to be slower in general. You have to make your due diligence to ensure that your website is as fast as possible to make sure that you make the users happy as they are searching on the go. Okay, so evangelism is step one. Absolutely, absolutely. Evangelism and translation into outputs specifically. Okay, then then what comes next? So essentially what, what comes next, going back to Jordan's point with the prioritization and the ranking factors is then, okay, well, it's like now that they know what they need to tackle, uh, just holistically in general, okay, well, you want to tackle speed first, for example, or depending on feasibility, maybe crawl bandwidth, depending on you know where their biggest issues are at or something like uh, like a JavaScript framework. So, for example, a lot of my clients, we started tackling mobile as a first initiative at the same time as crawl bandwidth because they're they're very very similar. At the end of the day, they all kind of like loop around. If you have a M dot website, Google needs to crawl your M dot website and your responsive website. Essentially, for one website, it needs double the crawl bandwidth. With initiative, we realized like, okay, let's actually make sure that our website goes away from MDoc and goes to a responsive website because then that might save us on some crawl bandwidth. And while doing that, you know, in crawl bandwidth, you're and and fixing for mobile, you you may at the same time also fix some speed issues as well, which which definitely happens quite a bit. I think one of the interesting pieces here is that, you know, with technical debt, there's this crossover effect, right? There's this crossover effect that by cleaning or fixing this, you now impact speed. By cleaning or fixing this, you now Im- impact crawlability. By cleaning or fixing this, you now impact mobile, the, the top three priorities we talked about in yesterday's episode. But the other piece to hear is technical debt is, is, is a very clear uh, strategy that requires, as Sebastian and, and you, Ben, mentioned, education or evangelism first, and then a monitoring and reporting cadence that allows you to do that all over again. Because if you don't do those three things, you don't have a disciplined enough approach to technical debt to maintain it and ensure that you're resolving this over a long period of time, especially with big websites. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. 
Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, I guess the, the big question I have is we're talking about, you know, we use the word, you know, where you're maintaining this and you're solving this problem. What is this? You, Sebastian mentioned that there's JavaScript crawl challenges, right? Like what are mm-hmm. some of the common things that are causing this technical debt? Is it as simple as, old websites use too much Java and it's cumbersome for Google to crawl? Mm -hmm. Are there other things that are common problems that you run into that cause this technical debt? Let's talk, let's break this up into two things. Let's talk about the big examples, like what big enterprises usually deal with. And then let's talk about maybe even some of the examples that smaller websites deal with, because I think it's really interesting to see how you can fix your own technical debt with a smaller, you know, type website. Sebastian, I think one of the interesting things is on the big enterprises is the fact that there's often a lot of tags or other advertising uh, vehicles that are being used on the sites. That's just legacy. They've been there for years and and don't have any impact on the business anymore. So you can just clean that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and another piece, you know, even outside from, from the tagging and a lot of these legacy third party plugins, for example, is even going back to what's going on from a JavaScript and framework perspective. A lot of these older websites use this sort of like antiquated framework that Google and frankly, other search engines, we keep talking about Google, then we forget that there is maybe Bing and some other search engines that do not have JavaScript. Though in 2019, I, I do believe that most of them are out there. But one big piece to know is if you have a JavaScript website versus a standard HTML, PHP website, Google is always going to take longer to index a JavaScript website. So with that in mind, if you have something like JavaScript, either you're using Angular, which is by far the most complex version of JavaScript uh, versus React and some others, if you're using Angular, you really have to put in a lot of work with... So going back to Jordan's comments with the tags, so making sure that all of your third-party plugins that you're not using anymore are out of there and really focusing on... So the you know with JavaScript for example with the API making sure that when Google requests uh, the browser to grab the information from your website that it grabs it in a timely fashion to make sure that there's not massive latency there. So what I'm hearing is there's a framework, a foundational piece that if you're working on an old framework, that's going to affect your crawl speed, right? And that's where if you're working on a JavaScript-based website you're going to have slower crawls. And then no matter what your platform is, over time, you accumulate all of these tags through advertising, through third-party plugin, and going through and cleaning out the stuff that you don't need is another way, even if you're on an older platform, to make it more efficient. 
Yeah. And that's what happens on a lot of these big enterprise sites. These are two common examples of challenges that we encounter on these big enterprise sites. The interesting thing is that when you deal with, say, a smaller website, let's talk about a WordPress website. You know, on these situations, it's kind of similar, but it's a little bit different approach in the sense that you might have a whole bunch of plugins that you've installed that are no longer being used. And those plugins are are detriment to the performance of your WordPress website. That's in a similar vein to the ad example, another scenario where you can go in and analyze the use of these plugins and remove them as debt from your site and improve your performance. Yeah, I think the the underlying takeaway here is that there's the foundational piece, enterprise level, you know, proprietary built website or something like a, a WordPress, a website builder, you know, if you're not keeping it up to date and you're not using the latest technologies, likely you're going to run into some code debt. So you want to try to stay as up to date as you can. And then you want to strip out everything that doesn't need to be on the website just because you don't want Google to have to crawl and fight through all those things if they're not necessary. Talk to me about some of your tools and talk to me about some of the other niche tricks that you have to make sure that you're you know, optimizing for your mm-hmm. technical ranking factors. Yeah. And I, I mean, let me start with one that shouldn't be a uh, niche trick, but it should be Lighthouse. Google Lighthouse, I think every single SEO and every single SEO and every single now developer should be using Google Lighthouse that is embedded in your own browser. So I'm going to give you all a quick tutorial if you haven't heard of it. Go on any web page. You should do a right-click on Inspect Element, and then a little box is going to appear either on the right or on the left, and you're going to see this Audit tab. You're going to click on Audit, and then you're going to click Run Audit. And then once you're there, this is Google Lighthouse, and it will give you fantastic and phenomenal information on your site's performance. The reason why I stress this so much is because this is information essentially given by Google to us to help SEOs and help developers with optimizing their own website from a performance perspective. So from there, you know, you, you, you'll be getting a lot of information from, okay, well, these are the main KPIs and then which specific items you want to fix. So let me, uh, let me take a few steps back here. So the, the first thing you want to do is, is utilize Google Lighthouse from a speed perspective. A second item, and that was kind of a neat little trick. Well, I don't know if you want to say neat little trick, but it's something that a lot of folks don't always consider or don't always think about, but it's, it's caching, right? So CDN caching, using your own CDN to be able to give Google almost a, a static version of your own page. The reason why I wanted to mention that is because it's something that's quite interesting and doesn't always work for every single website. So you have a website such as an e-commerce, right? And we actually tried to do that. And we, we tried to implement CDN caching for them, which uh, essentially is, like I said, giving Google this, this static version of the page to make sure that it doesn't need to download a new version every time we recross the website. So you can tell Google, it's like, hey, this is a, you know, just only download once a day this version instead of every single time you come in the website every single hour. Interesting is with that e-commerce website, they couldn't do that because they have personalization, user personalization, you know, embedded and set up. However, if you're a media website and a specific article is not going to change all that much day by day, this is when using a trick such as CDN caching and giving the static version of the page to Google very, very interesting. 
So in addition to Sebastian's uh, recommendations, I think another one that for any technical SEO ranking factor efforts and optimizations is Google's Fetch and Render tool. Uh, This essentially allows you to put in one of the URLs of your website and see how Google is actually reading and processing, also known as crawlability, uh, your pages. And that's really a good indication as to where you may have technical challenges in Google's ability to access your content. So what I'm hearing, Sebastian is saying that Google Lighthouse is basically going to help you understand what you can do to optimize for site speed on a given page. And Fetch and Render is really going to help you with understanding where you can optimize crawlability. Anything that helps you understand mobile performance? That was the other big ranking factor that we talked about. Absolutely, absolutely. So Lighthouse is also going to help you with getting an idea in terms of your mobile performance, you know, from a side speed perspective, as well as some minimal factors regarding your mobile friendliness in general. However, there is the Google mobile friendly tool, which you can really just Google it mobile friendly and you actually will get a snippet on Google search results. You can actually put in your own website directly in the Google search result. And it will open up directly the mobile-friendly tool. The cool thing about this, if you don't know yet for those listening, is the Google mobile-friendly tool, believe it or not, is also a JavaScript rendering tool, meaning that you know, if for a reason or another you don't have you know, fetch and render or you're looking at a competitor's website, and obviously then you're not going to have access to their fetch and render, you can use the mobile friendly tool to get an idea as to whether Google is able to actually render the, the JavaScript properly. So it's a nifty little trick uh, using you know the tool made for mobile, but then you're able to get a lot more information. So what I'm hearing is that there's really three tools. One is Lighthouse, which is going to help you understand your site speed. Fetch and Render is going to understand crawlability. And there's a Google mobile friendly tool that's going to help you understand how mobile performance your site is. Jordan, any last words? Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's this concept around uh, technical SEO that is around various tactics to optimize your site, right? So how do I technically optimize my schema or markup? How do I how do I, you know, optimize the use of say certain elements on my page, like, you know, taking say breaks and, and making them into ordered lists or unordered lists to help improve the visibility of my rankings. And these are all great and useful tactics. They're in many cases technical in nature. But one of the things I want listeners to remember is that often they're niche. They're very specific to, say, a category like, say, media sites or e-commerce sites. Uh, Just because you're a realtor and you put the price of the homes in your schema doesn't mean that that's going to suddenly show up in the SERPs. That does work very well when you're an e-commerce site and you put the price of the product in schema, it will usually show up in Google SERP. So the reality here is that although there's a lot of conversation around SEO tactics and technical tactics, often they're very much relevant to your category and your industry. You should ask a lot of questions and you should test and learn before you believe that that practice or that tactic is validated. So I think that's a great lead into one of the episodes or the week of episodes we're going to have later this month where we're going to get into industry-specific ranking factors. And Jordan, you and I are going to sit down and 
talk about a couple of the biggest industries. You mentioned e-commerce, media, publishing. That's going to be coming down later this month. But that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you for listening to my conversation with both Jordan Cooney, Search Metrics' CEO, and Sebastian Edgar, our services team lead. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan or Sebastian, you can find a link to their LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact Jordan on Twitter, where his LinkedIn handle is JT Cooney, J-T-K-O-E-N-E. And Sebastian doesn't use Twitter, but you could probably find him at a steakhouse somewhere in the San Francisco Bay Area. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have any general marketing questions or if you'd like to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week when we discuss one of the other ranking factors. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd be honored for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.